All right, so to, today I was here and I asked to speak today on what uh, I've gone through in my journey in gaining strength in my faith and just, um, I guess, my experience throughout my life. And I'll start off by saying, you know, in this world, there's some dangers that, and sins that cause harm, pains, and tragedy and suffering. And once we begin to experience these feelings, we tend to ask ourselves, you know, how could this have ever happened to me? Or why did this happen to me? And it's through these questions that we tend to point our attention to our Lord and how he allowed our suffering to occur. We begin to blame him and ourselves for the event. And we blame ourselves because we question if we did anything wrong to upset him. But it didn't start with us that we believe that we were just innocent human beings that endured something so tragic that we didn't do anything or we thought we didn't deserve. It's in the book of Job that a righteous man who feared God and shunned evil and experienced suffering with no explanation. And it's not till the end of his story that God gives him the, tr- uh, the heartful truth. As stated before, Job is a blameless righteous man who fears God and he shuns evil. He's been blessed with seven sons, three daughters, and 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yokes of oxen, 500 donkeys, and a large number of servants. This guy's pretty much living comfortably. And Job, he makes burnt sacrifices for his children in case they ever have sinned in their hearts against God or have repented. Then one day, God met with the angels And Satan, the adversary, shows up and challenges God. God shows Satan that Job is a righteous man that praises him, and he has done no wrongdoing. But Satan refutes God because God has never put a path or gave him any chance of adversary in front of him. And it's because Satan says this, he challenges God to uh, see if by doing this to Job, or by taking away everything he has, would Job still praise God and still honor him? So, God agrees to this, to this challenge, and he lets the adversary take everything away from Job, but is not allowed to touch him. Then one evening, three messengers show up to Job, and they speak of troubling news. All his livestock were killed, his sheep and servants, his sons and daughters all died in the same day. And they are all delivered by three separate messages. And out of all this, Job is hurt, he is suffering, and he is distraught. And to do and the outcome to do this, he shaves his head and tears his robe, and he still praises God because as the Lord giveth, the Lord can take it away. Satan returns to heaven one day again and challenges God once more to see if Job does praise God and still accepts the challenge. But this time, Satan gives Job skin sores. Job's wife at this point is encouraging him to curse God and just give up and die and to just be done with it. Rightfully so, Job refuses this action but still struggles to accept why all this could happen to him. His three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, come to visit Job, and they sit with him for seven days, honoring his... um, honoring the, tragic, the tragedy that has happened to him. They sit with him in silence as he mourns, and it's on the seventh day 
that Job finally speaks and he just pours all his emotions out as just to why and questions everything of why could this possibly happen to him. And throughout the book, there's just dialogue that is done through poems and um, brief conversations between them. And you find out that they have the assumption that God is just and on how he rules the world is if you do good things, you're rewarded, but if you sin, you are punished and you you receive harm. And it's his friends that they believe that Job must have done something that he sinned against God to have deserved this or have this happen to him. And Job, of course, is frustrated because he keeps telling them, like, I've done nothing wrong. I have always praised the Lord. I have never sinned against him. And God himself even states that Job is a blameless and righteous man. And like I said, he questions everything he has done when he has done no wrongdoing. And during Job's protest, another friend of his shows up by the name of Elihu. And he gives the argument that God is just and that he does run the show around here. That suffering may be necessary for us because it is a way of building character. Or it is a way of reminding us of what could happen if we do sin against God. And it's during these conversations that God finally shows himself through a whirlwind and demands Job be brave and presents his case to him. But of course... Job does, and God, let's just say, bashes him and accuses him of, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Where were you when I've given all these animals and given all this life? And it's then God shows Job every detail that happens throughout the world on how animals interact with each other and how creating the behemoth and Leviathan was hard and how these two creatures are beautiful but can also be dangerous to control. It is God's response that deconstructs Job's and his friends' beliefs on how he should run the world. Because through their perspective, it is that they believe that God acts through the world in black and white law. That if you do good, you are rewarded, but if you do bad, you are punished. And it's through this perspective that only humans know so much on how the world works because they only see it through their eyes and what they're seeing at that moment. But they forget that God is all-knowing, that he has to see and pay attention to every detail in the universe. And if God did rule the universe by punishing every evil act, it takes away the possibility for some people to have second chances. And it's through this accusation that God even tells him that Job is no in position to question him, that our world is not always black and white, and that it is not meant to prevent suffering, that it just tends to just happen, and we have to accept that truth. With Job finally understanding this, he apologizes and repents his questioning as he understands he knows nothing. God was angry with Job's friends, and Job is a good friend because he prays for them, and they are forgiven. And it's at this time that God finally blesses Job with twice of what he had before. With our theme this year on just how, and how do we take the story into our daily lives, or when we're at our wit's end and where we become desperate in our time of need, how do we use this? I can say that in, during my times of crisis, my faith has been challenged emotionally and physically. Through pain and tragedy, I have believed to overcome in myself by simply telling myself it's out of my control and that I can no longer do it, that I have to put it in God's hands at this point. And I do believe that suffering and pain is a way of showing us something. 
The first thing is showing us that it shows us gratitude of what we presently have. Through constant gratitude, we become more positive, And what we're going through becomes easier to bear because even we can be thankful for the smallest things we have. I'm thankful just to wake up the next day in my comfortable bed. And God even gives us his grace. And without that grace, could we still be content? I believe I could. Because if at the end of the day, if that's all I have from God, I can still be grateful with that. The second thing is trusting in the Lord's wisdom. Because he is all-knowing, we should assume that he only knows what's best for us in the end. And that is one of the greatest things about our relationship with him. It's almost as if it's a parent-child, and that you can argue with the parent all you want, but at the end of the day, they know what's best for us. And in this case, Lord knows what's best for us, even if we don't understand. By putting our trust and faith into him, we can only hope that things will get better. Maybe not at the present moment, but eventually it gets easier to bear the pain. And then lastly, I believe we should not give up on our Lord. reason why I say this is because my mom, my mother, has instilled this lesson to me. Her favorite movie growing up was Batman. And in one of the movies, she takes a pretty famous quote from it, and she shares it with me whenever I believe I can no longer endure any of the emotional pain or physical pain I can go through, and where I've just, I'm done with it. She always asks me, why do we fall? And I sit there staring at her, knowing what's about to come. And she tells me, so we can learn to pick ourselves back up. And the context behind this quote is in the movie, when Bruce Wayne has lost everything and his house is burning down, and he believes that everything is his fault and everything wrong that is happening to him is his fault. Alfred tells him this. And after Alfred telling him this, he responds with, you haven't given up on me yet. And he tells him, never. I believe that our Father, our God, even in times where we believe we cannot hear him and he has left us, he is always in our corner. With the pain and hardship we go through, he knows that we are strong enough to endure a little bit longer. He's just only waiting for us to figure it out ourselves. And it is through those moments that we have to learn to put only our trust in him as he knows our outcome and that he will never leave us. Y'all are dismissed.